Hi, I'm Hattie, and welcome to episode 8 of Hattie Talks Mathematics. Today, I'm talking about the first Greek mathematician, philosopher, and scientist, Thales of Miletus. Before I start, it's important to understand that many of the details of his life and his achievements are largely disputed. None of his writing remains. In fact, it isn't even known if he wrote any works at all. It is particularly difficult to understand the life and achievements of any scholar who was alive around this time, particularly those who were highly accredited, as many discoveries were attributed to them which they did not make. This almost definitely happens with Thales, largely due to his almost legendary status as an academic, but also due to the fact that scientists tried to sculpt history for their subjects, where there were none, to increase the status of their subject. Anyway... Thales was born in approximately 624 BC in Miletus, in an area which was known at the time as Asia Minor and was part of the Greek Empire, but which is now part of Turkey. He was born to Exanes and Cleobuline and was said to be Milesian of descent, but other reports describe him as being of Phoenician heritage. The modern scholar J. Longrig wrote, The majority considered him a true Milesian by descent and of a distinguished family. He began his studies of philosophy and maths at a young age, and many accounts describe him as travelling to Egypt as a young man to further his study of these subjects, and it was there that he began his career as a philosopher and scientist. Once he moved back from Egypt to Miletus, he opened a school, and it was here that he would teach some of the most famous mathematicians of ancient Greece, including Anaximander and potentially also Pythagoras. He was a highly respected academic and was described by the last major Greek philosopher, Proclus, who lived about a hundred years after Thales, who wrote, Thales first went to Egypt and thence introduced the study, geometry, into Greece. He discovered many propositions himself and instructed his successors in the principles underlying many others. His method of attacking problems had greater generality in some cases and was more in the nature of simple inspection and observation in other cases. What, however, is particularly interesting about Thales is the way he combined his areas of study of psychology, mathematics and astronomy, and the fact that he was the first to do this. He used realistic theories and hypotheses to explain natural phenomena, which up until that point had only been studied from a supernatural and spiritual point of view. One of his key beliefs in this area was that the world was a flat disk, which floated upon an eternal ocean. As part of this, he also believed that all things were made from water and he used this theory to explain earthquakes, a phenomena which up until this point, it is believed, had been seen as sacred events caused by the gods. Another belief he held was that all objects possess souls. He used this to explain magnetic objects and describe magnetism as the attraction between the souls of the two objects. This may seem ridiculous now in an age of advanced scientific study, but at the time this was a revolutionary new way of thinking. Thales also used mathematics in his study of astronomy, which allowed him to predict the eclipse of the sun in 585 BC. Once again, this seems like nothing too special, but at this point it was only the moon's eclipse cycle which had been tracked and measured, the cycle being about 19 years. But for the sun, it was much harder to study and establish, as eclipses were visible in different places on Earth. Thales' prediction was likely an educated guess, but there was certainly some academic study and observation behind it. The eclipse indeed took place in 585 BC on the 28th of May. The day after it took place, Persian historian Herodotus wrote, Day was all of a sudden changed into night. This event had been foretold by Thales, the Milesian, who forewarned the Ionians of it, fixing for it the very year in which it took place. Another thing that he did was measure the height of the pyramids of Giza. 
The story goes that he asked the Egyptian priests about the height of the pyramids, but received no answer, and so set about measuring the height himself. His method was described by biographer Diogenes Laertius in the 2nd century AD. Thales even succeeded in measuring the periods by observation of the length of their shadows at the moment when our shadows are equal to our own height. The theory behind this actually makes a lot of sense. If we are the same height as our shadows' length, then all objects' heights must be the equivalent of their shadows' lengths, including the pyramids. However, there was also a deeper level to this as it meant that Thales was getting closer to proving the idea of similar triangles. His most famous discovery, however, was five theorems of elementary geometry. A circle is bisected by any diameter. The base angles of an isosceles triangle are equal. The angles between two intersecting straight lines are equal. Two triangles are congruent if they have two angles and one side equal. Congruent essentially meaning that they are exactly the same triangles. An angle in a semicircle is a right angle, meaning that if you were to draw a triangle in a semicircle, with the baseline as the straight line in the semicircle, and the corner on the edge of the semicircle, then the angle on that edge will be a right angle, 90 degrees. However, as I described earlier, there have been many questions raised about the number of these that he actually established. For example, before Thales, Proclus used a word meaning something close to similar rather than equal when describing the theorem that the base angles of an isosceles triangle are equal. Additionally, there are questions raised as to whether Thales of Miletus actually understood the mathematical importance of what he had theorised. Some argue that he simply used geometrical methods to solve practical problems, whilst having no understanding or regard for what these meant as geometrical theorems. Whereas others argue that Thales put geometry in a new logical light, and was well aware of the significance of this. Thales of Miletus died in approximately 547 BC in Miletus. It is unknown how he died, with some records saying he died of hunger, whilst others describe him as dying of heatstroke. There is no questioning that Thales was revolutionary in his role as a philosopher, mathematician and scientist, and these positions accorded him a significant amount of prestige. He was, in fact, the only philosopher before Socrates to be among the seven sages, which were considered seven of the most wise men in ancient Greece. Commenting on this, Greek philosopher Plutarch said... Thales was apparently the only one of these whose wisdom stepped, in speculation, beyond the limits of practical utility. The rest acquired the reputation of wisdom in politics. Thank you for listening to Hattie Talks. I hope you enjoyed it and found it informative. This podcast is a new episode published every other Sunday, so keep an eye out. Thanks, and bye for now. (laughs) 